In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. 911 emergency. Search goes on in San Francisco for the man known as the Zodiac Killer. In New York, the search continues for the 44 caliber killer. See if you can explain to me why I would want to be a Scientologist. Betches Media presents. Tell me we have a lead. Stone Cold, no. It was literally like the Hunger Games. Not another true crime podcast. What can I say? Tough titties. It's all fun and games until someone gets hurt. Welcome back. Happy New Year, everybody. This is not another true crime podcast. I'm Sarah Levine. And I'm Danny Murphy. And, you know, we're living we're living the dream until we get a vaccine. That'll be our 2021 mantra. <laughs> I I'm that. into that. That's actually I'm going to be. That's my 2021 mantra. I'm so into that. I mean, we are recording this in 2020. So who knows what's going to happen? I was going to say the gag is watch December 31st. The simulation stops. So hopefully you're hearing us. <laughs> I do feel like um, this year has made me understand the hype about Y2K because I'm just like, you know what? What if this just continued? We don't know that it's not gonna. Do you want to shit too? I was so tired. Ty- Y2K was extra <laughs> terrifying for me because that was the last year my family had a real Christmas tree because the Christmas tree caught on fire. And I thought that was Y2K. <laughs> oh my God. That's like, yes, that is Y2K. I didn't really understand it and it, it ended up being fine. So yeah, so we we're it's like Degrassi, whatever it takes, you know, you're gonna make it through. So yeah, exactly. we're 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 just we're buckling around, and we're we're I'm so happy we're starting off continuing a Who Done It because this is a fun one. Fun one, yes. We're continuing to talk about the infamous DB Cooper hijacking. If sure. you didn't listen to last week's episode, go listen to it because we talk about, I mean, basically what went down on this plane, which is a whole lot of nonsense a whole a whole lot a whole lot of things and you thought traveling during a pandemic was terrifying just but wait until just be lucky you weren't on this flight yeah actually also, this flight was almost safer this for everybody that, yeah this flight was i mean everyone ended up fine this guy made out with 200 grand you could also like smoke on the plane and also order a drink before the flight took off so i'm into it I well here's because I, I always I'm like whenever people are like oh my god I wish I was born in like the, the 1800s like no, you, you know don't. like all royalty I'm like I need air conditioning so fuck you no I'm good like I wouldn't yeah. last but the 70s now I'm kind of like maybe I could have done the 70s yeah I mean you could smoke wherever apparently and also you still didn't know it wasn't healthy for you so you could just like right light <laughs> just up live in like ignorant bliss with no guilt for 20 I mean, years oh my god just having the Coca-Cola, well, I think Coca-Cola came out in the 80s. I don't know. But like the cocaine Coca-Cola, chain smoking oh. cigarettes, and pouring bur- bourbon in there. Like that is heaven. Before the flight takes off, just like oh. cross-fading. <laughs> and just like being amazed by moving pictures. I'm like, God damn, what's going on? Why are we here? times. Truly simpler times. So... As we said last time, we talked about this hijacking. Now we are going to talk about some of the more convincing suspects. Yeah, some of our favorites. There too, are a lot. 
Yeah. I feel like it's kind of like there is some analogy that I'm trying to pull in my head, but I can't. But it's like I feel like every family has their own story of who they of someone in their family being D.B. Cooper is like how oh, it sounds to me. It really like everyone's like, oh, my God, it's my uncle. Like, And like, that's the kind of thing I wish the FBI said, hey, everybody, we all have a weird uncle. That does not mean <laughs> that your weird uncle flew out of this plane. <laughs> yeah. I know. And also part of me is like, did they ever just show the photos of the people to the flight crew? Like that one woman sat next to him for a long time. That's what I don't. Yeah. And like she could have been able to like ID people. Oh, I guess there was no one to ID because they couldn't find him. But then I, mean, right, I like, assume she... they did this. I assume the FBI had to have done that. And also but it's like... crazy too. like there's no pictures or no fingerprints. I feel like I truly get like you get you like going through TSA now. It's so funny. You go to second base when you go through TSA now. Like, oh, that's just I'm like. I need to like be like, okay, buy me dinner for security. What is going on here? I know. I mean, the the most action I had was the last time I flew before the <laughs> pandemic. Got right. straight up like felt up. Honestly, but... would do it again. Oh, um, I would just go. To, maybe I'll just go to TSA now with like because they're super safe <laughs> with all the masks and just to just to feel contact. I'm like, Honestly, That's yeah. Doctor Fauci, if you're listening to this, give us the vaccine before a lot of <laughs> other people. You we clearly need it. Yeah, just to feel something again. <laughs> All right, okay. so there's a million suspects, guys, but we're going to run through the big ones. The first one is Dwayne Weber, who Dwayne. was, yes, we love a Dwayne. He was a married insurance salesman who lived a pretty normal life with his wife, Joe, who he married in 1978. Love and it. this is the craziest shit because she never, literally, she literally never suspected anything was off about her husband until he died in 1995. And he said, well, as he was dying, he said, I am Dan Cooper. Uh, okay. Mic drop. It's mic sort of drop. Like, I know. Also, wouldn't you want to be you're like? I feel like she also would be like, "Cool, not a like." I love you on the deathbed. Got it. Yeah. Sure. Right. Yeah. So she didn't really. Um, she was just kind of like, I don't really know what that means. She was just kind of like, okay, <sighs> until she told a friend, and the friend was like, "Bitch, read a newspaper." That's not what she said. Um, <laughs> but she was like, um how do you not know about this and told her about the db cooper case that's and, a, joe had some ignorance is bliss shit because she didn't hear know about this infamous case nuts she didn't know her husband was doing any shit yeah she yeah she was really especially in this documentary she was like yeah my husband was totally nice and then it just kind of comes out like like trickle true thing but then it all drops at once that you're like it's like when you read the reddit relationship threads and they start like mm. i've been with my partner for six years and we're very happy and have a really good relationship except every single night he pours trash into my bed and spits in my face and you're like girl what like sweetie baby let's two steps forward let's take two steps back for that yeah. i also love the phrase trickle true thing thank you thank you don't let I... anyone do it to you it's very manipulative I was going to say, I feel like that would break me emotionally, but yeah. Yeah, it would. Super manipulative. So Joe basically also kind of learned that her husband had a criminal record with multiple fake IDs. Mm. He had a flake flake. He had a fake Florida driver's license with the name John Carson Collins, which he used as his name when he was in prison. Tracks. He also had this old knee injury that he said I'm killing myself was when he jumped out of a plane and he apparently had this long recurring nightmare where he would yell about leaving fingerprints on a plane. 
it's sort of insane too because it's like she keeps on recalling this but like how much of this is recalling like i forget i there's a there's a like there's a therapist out there like connecting the dots shouting at me but there's that phrase where it's like she's connecting to make it make sense type of thing but i wonder if that actually happened oh like confirmation bias yes the yes. undoing nicole kidman <laughs> yeah i took ap psych one time you know <laughs> just give me a degree i did too um, and i don't know how it didn't stick <laughs> i was just like what can i remember to like use later on podcasts and that's how i know these things <laughs> but the most compelling evidence that uh, this Dwayne Weber, Weber guy might be G.B. Cooper um, happened on a 1979 trip they took to the Pacific Northwest. And again, this is truly a Reddit relationships moment because it was like apparently a normal trip, except for the fact that he was familiar with the area and took Joe to a lot of places, including Lake Merwin, which was really close to the area that people say Cooper would have landed and she also said that while on this trip, he told her this area of the woods is where Cooper walked out of the woods. How would he know that? And, and also, how his- did she like? So he said someone named Cooper to her and she was like, huh? And then when he was on his death, right, she didn't Cooper. know about the case. I don't. Yeah, this is actually interesting to me because it's kind of like. How do you remember all this stuff that wasn't important years later? That's the thing. I don't know. And maybe it's just she didn't spend every like weekend from her age is 18 to 26 like us chugging vodka sodas maybe <laughs> maybe that i also think like m- maybe she's downplaying um I, like maybe it was definitely weird and maybe she was suspicious before his death but she was kind of mm. downplaying it and then once he died it kind of made these things come into focus ahead, 100%. maybe um here's the other big part on this trip he apparently dug something up and threw it out. And I think it was like a paper sack. And Joe says that maybe this was the money the kid found because they they basically kind of like traced. He threw it into like the river and they traced like where it could have theoretically gone and it would have gone to where that kid found it. That's the, like so that is kind of a interesting like that kind of made me go like, OK, yeah, this that's a pretty big piece of evidence for me. So. I'm kind of convinced, but then again, every single person who says they're D.B. Cooper, I'm like, all right, I'm convinced. Well, that's the hard thing. It's truly like when you like go, when you match with someone online and then you're like, that's my soulmate three days later. No, it's not. And then you find someone two months later for that. That is the D.B. Cooper case. (laughs) It's like I am Spartacus, but like all of these fucking people are D.B. Cooper. Right, because then when you- And I kind of believe all of them. I believe them all too, because it's like you hear that one, you're kind of like, okay, sign, sealed, delivered, we're done. But then you hear about (laughs) Barbara Dayton. Yep. We got ourselves a girl named Barbara Dayton, a nice woman who she, I don't like, um, she was born Robert Dayton in 1926 and transitioned in 1969 for when she went by Barbara. That's, of course, mainly just want to bring that up because that's how this, she uh, focuses onto this case. Yes. Uh, kind of really cool history too. She was reportedly the first trans woman to undergo the surgery in Washington state. Wow. So that's awesome. I also didn't like, I didn't know they were doing like uh, uh, the surgeries back in like the 60s. I'm like, okay, that's awesome for Barbara. So we should be <laughs> celebrating her for that. Uh, and also maybe for her and Maybe for being an icon who's eluded FBI forever. <laughs> Barbara Dayton might be the biggest icon in history. Who knows? Who knows? So, and th- so these are, of course, some signs started to point to her because she was an avid skydiver and pilot 
who mm. when um in um with her coworkers, they always said she kept most of her past life secret from her fellow pilots. Mm, I wonder why. Well, th- th- this is the interesting thing too, because they're like, oh, she never wants to talk about her life before. I'm like, well, she was a trans woman in the seventies. Uh, yeah, I know. It's like, gee, <laughs> right? I wonder. They're like, yeah, she doesn't want to answer your fucking questions about that. Yeah, like, <laughs> But also, are you D.B. Cooper? <laughs> right. So two of her friends that she worked with, uh, Ron and Pat Foreman, said that Barb would also get overly defensive of D.B. Cooper when he was dismissed as like a common criminal. So she would get mm. super pissed off if someone's like, oh, he's not anything like special or smart. He's just a crook who got lucky type of thing. Yeah. And Barb did not like that slander. Oh, Barb did not like that slander at all. And even more so, things allegedly came to a head when Ron took a picture of Barb's head uh, with her hair uh, combed to one side while wearing sunglasses, and, uh, which led to her saying she was Dan Cooper. Uh, main, I think because like she kind of looked like the photo in question. Right. Again, just comb your hair, put on sunglasses, you are Dan Cooper. But uh, there is that. But it's in top of the photo, more people thought that Barb was uh, looked like Cooper in a past life and everything like that. Her family was convinced that Barb is D.B. Cooper. Uh, her daughter and niece believed this. And they said when the composite photo came out of D.B. Cooper, her brother, Bill Dayton, immediately recognized it as uh, Barb and was just like, this has to be her. Hmm. That's interesting. I don't know. I don't know. This is the, go for it. Oh, I was gonna say, well, it's also like, she's a skydiving pro. And I'm like, you can't take like 10,000 feet that you can't just parachute off of that. Like if me and you tried to do that, we would not, there'd be a different ending to this podcast. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they'd be, should be talking about our death. They'd be like those dumb bitches. Splatter. They got too drunk. And also they like, they're all the cash flow out. Yeah. Too many pre-flight bourbon and sodas. And also, that's how you know a white man is cocky because I'm like, I wouldn't, or I mean, I I guess I I would, but like, I just learned his confidence because I would never ask. I was like, I would have been like, can I have 10 grand? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, like, I'm like, damn, he was burning up. I would have to get some liquid courage to ask for that. So true. Um, Then the next one, this one to me, I was like, that's it. We did it. But I'm not actually sure now. His name is Lynn Doyle, a.k.a. AKA LD Cooper. And that's his actual name. And this to me is like, all right, case closed. Bring in the dancing lobsters <laughs> done LD Cooper. Like, come on, what more evidence do you need? Um, basically this all came out because of a woman named Marla Cooper, who in 2011 com- came out and was like, my uncle LD Cooper was actually DB Cooper. Mm. She, this is, this is a, kind of the craziest shit because she says she remembered that LD disappeared after Christmas in 1972 and her father would only give vague answers in regards to what happened to him. Then in 1995, her dad admitted that he, that LD had been in hiding since he tried hijacking an airplane. Uh, Sound familiar? (laughs) Then she says that she had this memory kind of surface from her childhood about Thanksgiving in 1971 in Oregon when her uncle showed up at her grandma's and he was barely conscious in a blood-soaked shirt talking about how he hijacked a plane and solved the family's financial problems. This is the craziest thing, too, because the FBI actually believed her after she passed a polygraph test 
But I mean, we all know the thing with the polygraphs, which is like Vanderpump learned that they don't those don't matter. Right. And also like all that proves and someone also said this in the documentary, which I think is compelling, is like she definitely believes this. Like, that's That's what it proves. Like, she believes it and she thinks it's true. It doesn't obviously mean that it happened. Although I will say if that stuff did happen, that is pretty compelling. Right. It's kind of like if you're saying like, you know, Lucas Hedges or Zendaya is your soulmate. You believe it. (laughs) Right. Of course, I believe it. Would say it's true. But if I told Zendaya, hey, girl, she'd be like, please take six feet away from me for COVID and then 6,000 feet away from me because I don't know you. (laughs) Yeah. Although I will say that if if this was really his goal, like, would he really give himself a pseudonym that's so close to his real name? That's also true. I don't know about that. Mm, yeah, it's it's fishy. Well, it's funny you said that that is the one that you really believed a lot. Initially, because I was like, boom, it's too, all the pieces fit together too well. But now that I think about it, I think it's a little too easy. Right, because this because this next one is the one that I've heard the most about. So I don't know if okay. that is making me biased with it, but it's the one I believe the most. Hmm. This is the one that I'm kind of like, okay, this is, and maybe it's the part of me that just wants to put a bow on this and be done with it and have the answer. (laughs) Don't we all? Don't we, girl, don't we all. But maybe 2021 is all about, you know, trying new things. So maybe, maybe Maybe. I will be less sold on Richard Floyd McCoy. Uh, So he was, he was a devout Mormon Sunday school teacher. Hear me out. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like, no, this man hijacked a plane. He was a devout Sunday Mormon school teacher. Yes. He was also an engineer, which I'm kind of like, that's a flex. That's like, yeah, you don't see that every day. You're doing a Sunday STEM school. You know what I mean? That's a lot of stuff going on. Who also (laughs) served in the National Guard. (laughs) So, all right. I'm just like, what are, like, he's a busy man, I guess. So he's a busy man. But this, so those are the, the, the latter two of this kind of make me uh, feel more him. Cause like engineer, so you know, physics, I guess. And a national guard. So like, you know, planes, we'll get into it. In theory, sure. <laughs> In theory, uh, he was an upstanding citizen who no one could think he was a criminal until unlike other people, he actually became a criminal. So. I mean, that's how it goes. <laughs> that's what they're gonna say about me yeah. right before I commit my first crime. It's like, now I didn't know they were a dick until they became a dick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. what happened That's to him? And this, this will sound very familiar to anybody who was who listened to part one of the podcast. He hijacked a Boeing 747 going from Denver to Los Angeles. Mm. Hmm. I wonder if he hated LA because he's like, "That's so not Mormon." But that's oh, definitely. Yeah, he's he's like, "Fuck you all." Uh, so he diverted the plane to San Francisco. And picked up a 500K ransom along with four parachutes. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. sweet silver bells. Sorry, I'm singing a Christmas song for you in Dan one, but <laughs> I didn't guys, know those are the words. Oh, I, I will deck all these halls uh, later on. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, so that he had the four parachutes, which sounds exactly like D.B. Cooper. He uh, bailed out of his plane mid-flight near Provo, Utah. Hmm. And this all went down April 7th, 1972, about five months after D.B. Cooper. Hmm. He had enough time to kind of, you know, get cocky, get all this shit going, and then do it again, potentially. 
obviously a lot of people are pointing the finger to him because it was almost an identical crime right down to the number of parachutes and the style of parachutes requested, which this is when I, mean, I learned. Yeah. You're on board a plane. Could beggars be choosers on the style? I don't know. But they, like that's what they requested these special ones that I wouldn't, I would have just been like parachute pants. Like, can I pull them off? You know what I mean? <laughs> I would just be like, whatever you got. <laughs> Like, what's the one that would help me? Like, I'm not filling an order in advance for the parachutes. I'm taking what's on board, right? <laughs> True. You're like, like, they're like, sorry, we don't have that. Damn it. Fine. Yeah, I let won't me do pickup order pickup to the plane. Thank you. <laughs> or, yeah, just like your uh, Instacart person. Sorry, we don't have that parachute. Do you like a different uh, kind of And you're like, no, parachute? just leave it off. It's fine. Leave it off. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so not only were the drawings of the two similar, but they said McCoy did have the training to pull this off multiple times because of his military background. Huh. Um, another thing that kind of shows how he is r- resilient, I guess I'll say. <laughs> uh, he broke out of prison not once, but twice. Before Love his that. For skyjacking, it's very much like <laughs> like Ted t- Bundy t- climbing out the window and then just running for six straight days. I know, right? <laughs> his steps. He should have had a Fitbit. I give yeah. him my, in, in another life, he has my Fitbit. But I love that. Just a one, a two, three. Yeah. <laughs> until he got convicted for skyjacking and uh he did ultimately die in gunfight with the FBI in July 1971. So wow, that's dramatic. That is traumatic. That is a way to go. Uh, there's not a yeah. lot. And that's the one of the many uh, side effects of that is that he, we obviously can't get a lot of info about him with D.B. Cooper. He was questioned about D.B. Cooper, but refused to really say anything. Mm. Um, but because of the nature of their crimes being truly identical, a lot of people feel it's him or he's just a copycat. Yeah, I think copycat, because if you pull something off so risky one. Why are you going to do it twice, five months later? Also, like 200 grand is a lot of money to blow through in five months. I feel like he got this idea from seeing it in the newspaper was like, oh, shit, you can do that. I could try it and tried it. It's like it's like the staples button. It's so easy. And <laughs> it's like, no, yeah, honey, that was not. easy. That was easy to me. Th- I mean, personally, I think it's like it's too obvious. That is that I I. I think it could, that because that could make sense because that's the annoying thing about this case too. It's, I thought it was so much him because he was the only one I knew about. Cut to now I'm like, okay, Barbara's an icon. Maybe it was Barb's. Ooh. Who do you think it was so far? Well, now it is kind of crazy because I know I'm a little less Richard and I don't know if I just am. I, I kind of think it could be Barbara. I think it's Dwayne, honestly, because this thing with the money. And here's the other thing, too. Like this guy had two hundred thousand dollars. They never like did they ask any of these people like, oh, did you magically get a new car and stuff like that? I actually think Dwayne did. I think he'd like started buying new cars and stuff. And they were like, like who who came into a a lot of money suddenly? And that's who it is. Well, that's my thing, because uh when Barbara had her surgery, I'm assuming that is not covered under insurance and that is not yeah. cheap. Okay, that's valid. So then, and boom, boom, and talk about a way to be like, okay, let me commit a, a crime. And then she also was getting a new identity too. So it's sort of a way for that, cover it all up. You never know. That could be, yeah. I think I think my ranking would be Dwayne, then Barb. I don't yes. know. I feel, yeah, I feel like it could be a little tight. I know. And I'm like, maybe I'm just like, 
Joe, try to remember more things for <laughs> for Dwayne. Right. I can't wait for her to be like, oh, he was on that flight. Like she finds the ticket. She's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, she'll come out with like a, the ticket stub or something like that. Be like, oh, I just had this for 30 years or whatever. I'm like, God, thank God plain manifest exists now, I guess. I know. I wonder if that's why huh. they started doing them. Maybe, you know, who knows? I fuck, it may, I would like the, the Cooper effect. Yeah, who knows? There have been some updates, even though the FBI did close the case in 2016. So in 2018, there was a new suspect that came out from an army data analyst um, and who doesn't believe that any of the aforementioned suspects are G.P. Cooper, which is annoying. Like, no. come on, bro. Come on. So this analyst says that he is not one of the so-called Cooperites, which is like the name given to the amateur investigators. I know who- I would call myself a Seth Cooper, but that's besides. Yeah. <laughs> We, oh, we should have done that with Adam Brody. I don't anyway. think he would have loved that. <laughs> no, he think he would have hated it. And that's the podcast day. <laughs> that that is the day he would have hated it. Um, so basically, like these amateur investigators who like devote all their time to the DB Cooper case are called Cooperites. So he's like, I'm not one of those people. I don't want you to identify me as such. Like, keep my name out your mouth, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So he this. This analyst thinks um, that D.B. Cooper was an army vet named Dan LeClaire. And Dan he got LeClaire. this basically from reading an old book called <laughs> D.B. Cooper. What really happened? <laughs> I mean, honestly, relatable, like start a podcast, dude. Like, that's what we do. I read one book and I know who did it. I'm like Barb's Barb in charge. Yeah. Right. Like me with John Bonet Ramsey. I literally did read one book and was like, OK, I believe your theory. <laughs> um. Okay, but the thing is, the Army Vets theory does kind of, he he also sells me on it. I don't know if I'm just so gullible with any theory for this case, but... Maybe. Do you want to, like, run through the theory? Sure, I'll jump into it. Mainly because, guys, Cooper, he feels... Well, he feels more likely that Cooper was a friend and co-worker of Dan LeClaire's because the book uh, idea was that it was Dan LeClaire. So it's one of his co-workers named William J. Smith from where? New Jersey. Fucking classic. All roads lead to Jersey. Like, yeah, we're changing the name of our podcast. It's all roads lead to Jersey now. <laughs> we we don't we don't pump our gas. We just, I guess, you just pump out crimes or parachutes. We really do. We really do pump <laughs> out crime. <laughs> like, what is going on here? Yeah. So uh, he thinks it's Smith because him and the Claire were friends who worked in the railroad business. Hear me out. And they were both army veterans. So the army veteran side of it would give them the ability to parachute down 10,000 feet. And also the railroad business side of them would be able to give them connections and schedules and everything like that to land, find the nearest railroad uh, track or train, and then get back to Jersey. So truly hop on a train, midnight train to Georgia, cut to Jersey, sign so delivered. <laughs> midnight train going anywhere. He believes that Smith and Claire may have been in on the skyjacking together. He notes that. Okay. Yeah. So Claire, uh, Dan LeClaire, spent his uh, career in relatively low-level jobs and then retired in 1973 when he was just 54 years old. Mm-hmm. It's like those MLM boss babes who were like, I retired my husband at 30. Yeah. I retired. My, yeah. And it's like, what'd you do? Where's the body? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I retired yeah. my husband at 30. Um, in August of 2020, this year. So this is a different, this is a different update. Or do you want to take this other update? Yes, more updates. 2020, yeah. guys, has been quite the year for true crime updates. Just really like loose ends being tied. So in August, a scientist uncovered a new tiny detail on D.B. Cooper on the ransom money that was found in Washington that nobody noticed before. So they found that there was algae on one of the bills and it's algae that doesn't grow in the Northeast. This is like seriously some criminal minds NCIS type shit. It's some criminal mind stuff. And I'm also obsessed with the scientist detective who's like, this is finally my research moment yeah. to shine. Like when there's always like they bring in someone on CSI who's like uh, like a handwriting expert, which I do think is personally very cool. And I'm just like, what are you doing when you're not analyzing, like when you're not brought in on this case? Probably doing a lot of other stuff, but it always makes Yeah. <laughs> it's like an SVU when they like analyze the soil on someone's shoe. I mean, yeah. pretty much that's what happened. So the scientist basically said, that this algae is super important because it shows that the money was in the river months after Cooper jumped on November 24th, 1971. Um, and here's a quote from the book. Science-y. This also, it's a lot it. of science. Let's go. Because the bills only had one season of diatoms, oh God, on them, and they didn't have the kind that bloom in the winter, this scientist theorizes that the money came out of the water and then landed on a sandbar on the Columbia River after only a few weeks or months, which basically kind of like debunks the FBI's original theory in the 80s that the money floated down the river from wherever Cooper initially dropped off, mm -hmm. which was near Lake Merwin in southwest Washington. Um, and it basically just like debunks this whole theory because of the algae. So I don't know. I don't like that. It makes me really reconsider my man, Dwayne. I Right. That is true. Right. Because it's kind of uh, there's the, it always algae doesn't lie. Let me tell you that much. Yeah. I don't know about this. So now what do you think? Well, now well, I'm you know, I'm Barb's in charge. I kind of feel that. Barb's but I do think the update really does kind of connect because it brings in a new level of the idea of how the money trail and everything like that with the Dan LeClaire and the William J. Smith, even though William J. Smith sounds like a fake name. It is kind it, of literally. A, it's a cool idea that, oh my God, jumping on a train and then going truly cross country back then, they're not going to, they're not going to think that someone who plane jacked in Washington state is going <laughs> to wind up in New Jersey. That's true. I mean, I guess I definitely still thought it was Dwayne, but mm. I do agree that it's probably not one person. Right. It was a team. It was a, like a Jessica Simpson, a public affair. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think he didn't do this himself because I feel like it takes a lot of like, I don't know, skills and like sort of practice. Like it's a pretty big yeah. gamble to take to just do this one time and hope for the best, you know, and then get your money to go. I know it's kind of, it's, it's a, uh, it's a doozy. And do you think, yeah. Because now, because this is the question that haunted the 70s and 80s and even today, do you feel he's more of a hero or a criminal? Oh, a hero. I do, like, especially because... kind of a victimless crime, except for the money they stole from the airplane, I guess. And that's where I'm like, do you know, and my thing is, because I thought he took all the money from <clears throat> the passengers, which he didn't. So I'm like... You no, know, who's carrying cash? Well, I guess it was the 70s, but I'm like, <laughs> if someone tried to rob anyone on a plane, like you would get, I don't know, five debit cards... 
<laughs> just be- and like a pack of gum. <laughs> or just be like, um, is your Venmo with the one at the end or 42? Yeah. Like, can you confirm your last four digits? And then yeah. I got you, I swear. Guys are so sorry. Just double checking. And do you want the, the tax-free one to three days or the immediate? Like, uh, just like, question. <laughs> yeah. um, right. It's like, oh my God. But also the thing is I pay like 24 fucking dollars for a Cabernet. That's half a pour at the airport. So you know what? It's karma to them. That's true. Overcharging and underpouring. And mainly because no one got hurt from him. Yeah. Nobody got hurt. I mean, we don't know what this person did with this money. And I don't know. I'm here for it. Like whatever. Yeah. Right. Mazel tov. Mazel tov. Maybe he, hopefully he donated some. Hopefully he, yeah. He probably got a nice car out of it. Sure. (laughs) It's like kind of impressive. I mean, it is pretty impressive. Um, the jumping. Jumping. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not too mad about it. I'm not mad about it at all. It's cool. Now it's in this like lower and it's kind of fun. It's a fun. Yeah, it's a fun pop. It's a fun bop. Yeah. I feel like honestly, if it wasn't for the flight attendant who had sat next to him on the plane telling her her experience, like, I would have just been like, this is a made up story, which I thought it, I kind of thought it was made up for a while. But then I was like, OK, the serial numbers match the flight attendant. So wild. Boom, boom. And now I look like after the flight attendant, yeah. okay, the quo, quo, I'm like this. I trust them all. <laughs> the real D.B. Cooper is the one in our hearts. <laughs> <laughs> the real D.B. Cooper is Kaylee Cuoco. So there's that. Oh, God, I watched the whole flight attendant and I was like, you know what? Between that and the undoing, like HBO is kind of over two on like overhyped crime shows that didn't, ooh, didn't really deliver for me okay ooh. you didn't watch it I, I i need to finish it but okay the ending is a little uh. well i don't know how much to say without giving it away but like the one twist i predicted um and okay. then i just didn't like the style like mm. i was going from the undoing which was kind of gritty to the flight attendant which is really campy yeah and it was just a bit of a jarring transition i wanted another like I wanted big little lies and I got the flight attendant. And so that was like my own fault. That's kind of um, like, you know what? We all wanted our year and we got 2020. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. Although I, I mean, it was like an enjoyable show, like a good show to watch and you can text and you're not going to miss anything. I lo- heaven said that's the kind yeah. of the gift. Unlike the undoing where um, my friend was like, and, and didn't the police have the footage of her kissing Elena in the elevator? And I was like, wait, what? And she was like, yeah, that happened in the first episode. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I was probably replying to a text and completely missed that part. And then I know that was some weird. Never shit. They came up again, that. except for in flashbacks that I thought were dreams. <laughs> so. So there we go. There we go. What was your favorite case for yeah, I know. We're, we're doing a little 2020 wrap up for you guys, but it's going to be in 2021. Whoops. Um, whatever. Favorite case we covered this year. Oh, we covered so many. I feel like I need to like pull up a list. Um, I don't know. You first. <laughs> well, now I'm like, did we do the Westfield Watcher this year or last year? That's a good point. I don't remember. There have been a lot of ones that I like really did enjoy learning about. Mostly yeah. the Jersey ones. Well, I was gonna oh, say, I liked I... the French guy too, John Claude Ramond. Yeah, he was he was he was good. I also did like the recent, I like the Jeanette De Palma. I feel like getting into some like crazy like local yeah. stuff is so good, and that's where like yeah. send us all your creepy local news that we can try to dive into a story of. I liked that one. I also did like the fire too because it was 
it was interesting. There was intrigue. There was conspiracy. Yes. There was maybe the mafia. Oh, and you know what? I loved, um, I hope that they were also fun to listen to. I love talking to the authors like Harlan. Oh, yes. I was and obsessed with Harlan. And he was the last episode we did before COVID too, because that was the last one we did in person. Oh my and God. I now, and I fell down a cycle of all of his shows that I binged. And I'm like, now I'm like a fan of him. So I need to interview him again. Oh yeah. I forgot that point in my life when I binged The Stranger in one day. One full on day. You have to watch Safe and Two because it's so Yeah, good. that was a good time. Okay. Well, we watched a lot of documentaries for this podcast. Not nearly as many as people requested we watch, but still a lot. Which was your favorite one? Did we do an episode on outcry no we need to then because that was my favorite documentary i watched i can't believe because everyone recommended it to me the one about the football player oh i didn't watch that one oh my god watch it and maybe i mean like we could just do like a episode about the case and then like talking about the documentary because i loved that one and thank you guys for like so many people binged it i'm into that we could do that i really liked murder on middle beach i think every episode brought brought new craziness Yes. It had everything. It had a murder. It had pyramid schemes. Like, what more could I ask it for? Had it had fraud. Shot. Yeah. <laughs> everything. All wrapped up into this one fucked up Connecticut family. You can't ask for anything. Uh, like more I than said, that. Connecticut is repression capital of the world. You never know where you're going to get in when you go down there. Wait, that is excellent. And you should put that on a mug. I should. And I always say, I'm like, they have the nice, fancy rugs that are so big because they like to sweep everything under the rug and never address it. That is so true. Okay, I'm going to write a novel now. <laughs> yes, yes, I love this. Just start like, I don't know what you should do with it, but this is really good. So. There's something there. <laughs> um, any cases that you definitely want to cover mm. in 2021? Well, I want to plan out our 2021 coverage on the Not Another True Crime group because I want people's uh, feedback yes, of ones that they that's think true. that we should cover because uh, that's where I feel like we got the best cases and topics from but i would love to do maybe like um like another mystery or something like that like a kind of like a like a like a folklore and this one was kind of fun yeah like i like ones that are like trying to think of like big conspiracies that are like this yeah i mean this is not a conspiracy i guess just unsolved and i want to try to like we need to also tackle down a big mlm or a big kind of like oh yeah herbal life i'm gonna promise it now because I started doing the research and I just forgot about it. So we can do it. Herbalife 2021, it's coming. We'll watch Betting on Zero. And I'm going to say I'm having all eyes on Fabletics because I don't know what's going on there. <gasps> yes. I know, but I don't want to like I don't... sacrifice my credit card for this That's episode. <laughs> and also, I don't know. I don't think you guys understand. If Kate Hudson had one negative thought about me, I would crumble. I'm already in tears thinking about it. Like, I can't handle that. <laughs> and she might That's be so too funny. big to- I'm trying to think of what else we should cover. I mean, we haven't done a lot of well-known cases. Like we haven't talked about Natalie Holloway in depth. I know because I love doing the ones that like we beat on a different path. But maybe we should do some of the class, some of the some of the more like well-known ones. Yeah, I also liked our theme episodes when we did like the vacation, oh. the honeymoon gone wrong. Yes. Oh, I want to do another theme. Those were cool to kind of learn about a bunch of you things kinda, at once. Stevie- we should do first, like a first date case, first date ones. Yes. We you know, I need that. a reason to never go on a date again. Other yeah, than the we should have pandemic. done that in the beginning of quarantine to stop people from going on dates, but we should. We true. Yeah. True. I mean, there's a lot. Um, please keep DMing us your thoughts and ATC pod. Uh, throw it in the group. Not another true crime group. Um, just leave us your suggestions. I also love that. I don't know what happened, but 
Monet like was, I guess, big in the news because I had like a million people message us to be like, you guys need to do an episode on this. And I was like, listen, I have you covered. I've, I've been on their tail since last year. Yeah. We got that. We got their number. We got their number. Oh yeah. We're on to them. Uh, but guys, we made it to 2021. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, We're excited for this year. <laughs> Here's hoping we, something happens great this year. We'll take it. Yeah. And seriously, thank you so much for listening to us this year. If you, whether you're a day one fan, whether you just found out about us, we really appreciate you listening. And also we got so many kind messages. So like, we love you guys so much. Thank you so much. We have so many DMS to get to, but we really do try to work through them all. We try. Yes. We're, we, I'm going to pour some wine and jump into them because truly it makes our day yes. to like see the messages. They're it's so, so sweet. nice. And if you like us, please consider giving us a little rate and review. We love a five-star moment. Oh, my God. The best gift that we could ask for this holiday season. Is just five stars saying, you know, they're fine. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take that. Honestly, yeah, it's true. And then you can follow me on Instagram at Sarah Lameem if you want more stuff from me. And you can follow me on Insta at at Cashmere Danny, Cashmere with a K. And thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time with some more tales of mystery and intrigue. Betches.